because I'm a, I've been a big advocate of that stress too. I think it provides a lot. Oh That's yeah. Why I run this in particular style? To be honest with you, I'm a fan. I don't. I don't. I have brand them scrogs. I hate this scrogs. But I think like in the staking instance like this, you know, throwing oh, some in there for back for backup, a little backup support. And then a lot of times I'll even like almost monopole it, you know, try to support it back to itself. But I like to, you know, leave it as freestanding as I can. I think as the buds, you know, the plant grows up and the buds are swelling and they, they get that flop, <laughs> that's when when they're flopping, I think that's when the turps are really popping. You know, it's really stressing that pot, that plant to hold them fat nugs up. It's doing everything it can do to sustain I, yeah. itself. You know what I mean? I agree. And I, I like to let them go and I just catch them right before that thing's ready to <laughs> or fall in on itself. That's yeah, when I like yeah, to no, step in and support I'll, I'll it a little a bit. in there, yeah, here and there where they need one. Yeah. I, I sometimes, in, in when you know a strain well, do the preventative measure of I'll put four stakes in, like a, like a square, in the bucket, right? One, two, three, four. And then I, if, if, if things get out of hand on her, I'll take the, the green tape and spiral up it, like kind of like a tomato cage. Do you know what I'm saying? Like just with the green plant tape so that it, they flop and they use, you don't really do anything more. You just let them flop up against the side wherever they're flopping, and, and that's good enough. And Yeah. That's a lot of taping sometimes, but only on certain ones where they're like, oh, she's floppy. You know, I, I try to stay away from those ones and just grow a plant that will actually hold itself upright. That's kind of like if I can, you know, unless that one's just so much better than, than that one. I'm going to gravitate to floppy just because she's more prone. But I find a lot of these cushions that uh, I like are, are really straight up. And they grow like one, 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 you know, they can then you have to kind of crop that or pinch it twice in order to get a, um, a decent uh, structure on the thing. Or you're just going to get like this, you know, like that's sort of the ones I like. Uh, but I don't like the necessarily for, you know, you're always like, come on, couldn't you put on some more weight? But it's just, I like you. <laughs> so they're not always the, the beefiest. That seems to be the case in a lot of ones I've found, man. The heavier yielders are like the more like mids, you know? Oh, a lot of yeah. Time, oh. Eagle, can I just leave you for one second? I got to grab a rolling paper. <laughs> I oh, yeah, bring yeah, over no to problem. The yeah, okay. I'm sorry. Oh, I'd hate to see you go without. <laughs> What's up, guys? Modern Genetics for 2020 cast. Ready to hit that hot fire. Ace Boogie, 3223. How you doing, Joe Wild? How you guys doing? Appreciate you guys hanging out on this Thursday evening. Justin Station, nice to see you. Nice to be to hang out. Welcome. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so um, I can't remember what I was saying again, but. There, uh, you got any other uh, any other thing you want to say or, or ask me? Well, uh, I know we're just well, getting to know each other. This, <laughs> this, this is 
this is just what I do. You know what I mean? I I, I can yeah, keep I this going. That. I can I can wear I can wear down I can wear down the bus. Yeah, yeah. and that's great because I can too, right? So I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll probably enjoy myself over there as long as he's enjoying himself. <laughs> so that's that's oh, good. For sure, for sure. Um, so you know, again, we've talked. You kind of briefly talked about finding your niche along the way. You know, it's yep. funny as I've talked to my daughter who might still be in chat, Lexi I I. You know, I was talking to her the other day, you know, I've I've seen myself in so many places uh along my cannabis journey. You know, you doing different things, large grows. I never seen this come, you know what I mean? As far as you know, when I've been doing this a long time, but it, this wasn't always available. You know what I mean? And I never oh, yeah. even thought about. There's so many, so many years you never even thought about putting your face out there. You know what I mean? So oh, that's this was a small never, grower. No, yeah. <laughs> Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> yeah, no. We. That's why I told someone today. It's like thank you, actually, Eagle, because you're giving you're giving a platform to for people to take pride in their craft, in their in their art. That's what I call it because it is an art. And uh, whether you're as small as myself, which I'm a personal production grower, it's called something like that. I don't even remember. It's an old license. I'm grandfathered on the old shit in Canada for anyone who's fucking listening. You know what I'm saying? I got the um, under the what's called the Allard Injunction, which was uh, we went to to, uh, to fight against the, the last government or two ago wanted to shut us down right as medical um growers and uh, uh we got t- together as a group and fought the uh and got a, a, a law team and it spent a few years in in uh in the legal battle and we won the forty thousand of us all together right so we won the right to keep growing they wanted to take away our right you know to grow our own medicine and they wanted us all to have to buy from a what's called a legal producer, and and um, but we managed to fight the fight, and we have the designated grow system, which is like kind of like how you said you have your patients. Same idea here, but I think that there you can get a lot more than here. We're only allowed to um, have each uh, one person can designate for two people, and two people can can operate together in one place. Uh, or you can be a, a personal grower for your own personal medicine, you see. And, uh, so you can choose for someone to grow for you or you can choose to grow your own. And then we also have now, we can all grow four plants. Anyone can grow four. So it's a, it's a nice thing. Like, uh, uh, but I think four is not enough. Like, like if, you're, you know, if you're chronic and like not, never mind medical, you're chronic and you're just getting into this like, like growing good luck growing your your med, your 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 supply in four and for the first couple goes anyways you know what i mean like in a tent and all that it's yeah, it's a little easier a little it seems a little easier on paper or on video than than what the realities of stuff will end up to be but um that's like it's also easy to be very successful and you know it too at what you're doing when you love it and you're like, Oh yeah, it's doctor this up and this is, this is going to go very well. But, uh, we'll see. Uh, like, I think that, uh, I think you guys have 12, is it not in Michigan? Am I correct? Yeah. For Breck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, that's, is that all in, even in flower or veg or just a complete 12? Is that what it is? 
Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a complete 12. It doesn't necessarily state how you dictate them. Yeah. That's a lot more reasonable. Even though I, I say it like a, a number is silly, like, but uh, it's a, it seems a lot re- more reasonable. But is that per household or per, per, um, per person? Per a household. But, yeah, uh, same as us. Pe- people like myself, I'm in a kind of a situation like you. I do have, I take care of other people. So I've got uh, myself plus five, and then I'm allotted 12 per, per patient. So, you know, uh, 72 all in all. Oh, yeah. See, plus, a, okay. I have the 12 rack I just in another area. Oh yeah, it has, I just the wreck has that. to be yeah. in a different area. Yeah, yeah okay. It's unfair. Then you're, then you're, oh, it's absolutely stupid stuff, right? Like it, that's why I say until they get to the point where people can just do this like it's fucking dandelions <laughs> and do what you want with it. Well, not maybe that. Maybe it'll never go that way. But like, like, like a food or whatever, and I can go down to the to the market like again and and do it that way. I I kind of will be waiting for that, but and I think I'll be waiting for a while. But it's at least we've come this far and I agree like that's great. And, and people can potentially like in Canada, you, you can, uh, I, I'd like to, I can always, you know, you could, uh, you could think about strategies with four, how you could always harvest one a month, you know, two months of veg, two months of flour, or, you know, maybe you've got a three month of flour, one that pumps it and then only to give it a month of veg and, uh, and, so you can stagger that. You're harvesting one plant a month. You're always taking one cutting. You can probably get maybe a, a half pound or something out of a tent a month, or maybe you get really good and get to the pound point, but I don't know. It, it, it all depends on like the, the veg time, right? So in order to keep one in a constant fresh supply, I bet you people are going to see a lot of half or a quarter to half pounders personally is what I think. And, um, and I don't know how many people will will effectively be able to run that uh, one plant all the time like the it's a it's a lot of dream of a lot but uh yeah it's it still takes the same planning and when something goes wrong it goes wrong and all those things right it takes longer than you anticipated yada, yada. well here's where i think the bug of the boo of the fucking where i'm at is it's you know where it's needed um, so the medical side, where it's you know, probably most beneficial, the numbers are so strict, it's ridiculous. It's friggin' ridiculous. I so mean, that's where you guys ridiculous. are at? Okay, so we probably are different in that way. So a medical so, patient can only have 12, no matter what your problem is? Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is ridiculous. That's one... <clears throat> That's one factor. That's one factor. Now, okay, now you can only have uh, so much available to you, and that's only 2.5 ounces. Oh, and that I'd is say you, you, Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, now that's what you're supposed to have. Like, say you're growing, and that's basically what they want to tell you you can have available all the time. So, basically, you're harvesting and then trying to say you only have 2.5 all the time. That's insane. Now, is. this is where the really bullshit, in my opinion, is. Now, here's, here's, and this is bullshit. So, I've got, oh, okay. Basically, I've got my, me, myself, my five patients, 
and basically yeah. this is one of the reasons why I do a perpetual too is you know I'm only yeah. keep, supposed to have five 15 usable on hand you know and that's it for the patients so I you yep. know monthly I dish out everybody as much as I can give them and then I keep as little as possible to stay under my number now yes. okay now I walk over to the the recreational garden in the different part of the house there, whatever I can grow, let's say I can produce, and this is just a, you know, astronomical, yeah. you know, this is, let's say I can produce 60 friggin' pounds in that room. Okay. Hypothetically. Yeah. I get, I you. can have it. I can have it legally. That's it. Yeah, no bug booze, no bullshit about it. As long as I can prove that I grew it in that room and it's kept in that room, storage is basically whatever you can produce. But a medical patient that's counting on that as their medicine, hands completely tied on what you can, you know, keep and use at any one time. And you can only buy. There's limits on what you can buy as a patient, too. You know, you're only limited basically an ounce per day, which that's a good allotment. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. or a combination of, you know, in the combination of like edibles versus flour or hash or extracts, it's, it's actually insane. Like edibles, the amount of edibles you can have is like minuscule to what you could actually use. And then like the amount of flour, like I said, is an ounce, but the amount of like some extracts is like unlimited, basically. I mean, it, in some ounce instances, I've seen the extracts as much as a quarter pound. And you know what I mean? Oh, you can only have a you know an ounce of flour or a minute amount of edibles, but you can smoke extracts until you've knocked yourself out. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like the <laughs> it's. It's so crazy on uh, the whole system. It's unfair. It should be heavy to the medical and hands tied on the wreck, if my, in my opinion. If they're going to tie somebody's hands, it should be on the wreck side, I would think. But no, don't work like that here. No, that's, that's, that's because they want to make sure that if you got the five patients, you're tightly <laughs> regulated or whatever, I guess, right? They wouldn't want you to have a uh, sixty times five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're, you're hypothetically, you know. So yeah, I I, I don't get it, but I, I'm with you. It's fucking bullshit, but it's a, it's what it is at this point. And I think that uh, as we go, keep going forward, and, and people become more um, normalized to the whole idea that this is normal. This isn't like some bad thing. It's just fucking pe- normal people growing weed and we'll get people that are making laws that that realize that more and more and help change it and change is change is constant like that's the one thing just like growing just like growing the plant she's always changing well that's the story of life right it's always bringing you something new it's always it always will that's the one fucking for sure it's it's you know just like from seedling to fucking we're smoking it now. Like it changed every single day <laughs> and we watched them change. So they're an ultimate example of life unfolding really uh, for a teacher, for the lame, the lame man, Buddhist kind of thing, you know, that kind of idea where you, you've got the example of, of, of 
uh, try to take it in stride and try to take it like um, like when you make a mistake with these plants, they're really forgiving, you know, especially when you grow it like uh, it looks like you're growing in, in some kind of like brown medium. I don't know, cocoa or, or uh, peat. Uh, it looks oh, it's like cocoa, me. chunky it's, cocoa. You're chunky with the cocoa. cocoa. So I, I, I grow in, in a peat base. But uh, it, it, I, I do add some cocoa to it, though. I like to do mine, like, uh, well, sometimes right up to, like, more cocoa than peat, but mostly never. Mostly always, like, most mostly peat. And then perlite or whatever. Like, I, I'd rather do peel mist and stuff. But, again, you got to do what you got, what you got the means to do. So you, you work with what you can. And then I always, like, like I say, super soil it almost. Like, that same philosophy. And I, I work with with what's around us here on the island. We got a uh, for outdoor. I use kelp uh, right off the beach and uh, and crustacean shells every year. I'll go collect a bucket of those at least and crush them all down and throw it down. So I know like there's in there for years now, like of uh, crustaceans, right? But and so that's that's a key. I think you work uh, in Michigan. I'd be like all about the the leaf mold. Because uh, you get the maples, right? And maple compost is is the best. That's like the best weed I have ever grown. Was grown under maple mold in maple compost, and just like um, that's what I have to say. Some of the tastiest, tastiest stuff had maple in it. And I think now with all the talk about like the K and F and all the natural farming and regenerative, I've learned that it's it was the leaf mold that made that bud so good. And I just didn't know any better, right? We were just using what we had right on the site. But uh, leaf mold is is, uh, is like magic. That's that mycelium thing, that whole like that whole magic that happens with that when you add those kind of things. But uh, while I'm thinking about it, I wanted to mention too, for me, for growing, I have a book. Oh, there it is. It's just over there. Um, I got it when I was a little kid. My mom, uh, she... Uh, she knew uh, that I was like into into growing. For some reason, I used to be the Karate Kid kind of kid, right? Always, and she was, like loved everything Japanese in the eighties, right? And <laughs> and uh, I, she bought me a book on bonsai, and I always have had this book. And I can tell you now, after all these years of checking these books out, and I started growing bonsai trees in the last fifteen years or whatever. I have a few nice ones, nothing too too snazzy like some people's because I haven't gone collected from the wild i've just grown from nursery stock and shift like shaped it myself sort of thing but uh that the bonsai is um one of the best ways you can learn about growing weed is study bonsai study bonsai videos and because that's like they have a thousand years of documented history of cultivation in a pot and what are we doing? You're doing bonsai right there. When you think about it, even the translation means like a potted tree. So there's your potted trees. I could see them. Like you, so you're a bonsaiist already. You're twisting, you're bending. And over the years, I realized that weed or cannabis, whatever you want to call it, growing a, a nice big plant in a season outdoors, it, even it's giant compared to a bonsai a, a lot of times, right? But it's 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 like a crash course in bonsai all in one year because you do all this transplanting and whatnot. And uh, oh, I almost lost you. I guess I got to find a plug-in pretty soon here. Um, uh, but uh, you do all this transplanting and whatnot, you know? You get this thing 
uh, go through all the techniques, the bending, the pruning, it's all there. And uh, it, it's just like what I say is that the more I look at it, the more I realized that's actually just such the ultimate teacher because it, you stay with these trees for a long time too as you grow them and you get to know them. They're a lot like a lot like growing the mother plants, you know, and, and all that. There's a lot of similarities. The root pruning's there and there's like, it's all there, right? It's, it's the knowledge of what it takes to keep something healthy in a small container. It's, it's, it's old. So it's none of this stuff is new is my, my point too. Again, it's like the keep it simple. Of all that's so old. That's like say a thousand years of, uh, of growing things in pots. So yeah, if you had questions, that's what I think to look to. I, there, you know, that's funny that you kind of mentioned that because, you know, this last year, as I kind of looked to dive deeper into uh, my knowledge here in the garden there, I, you know, I cannabis books was like the last thing I kind of looked around at. I kind of looked around for botany books, gardening books, uh, all kinds of other, you know, techniques to see if I could necessarily bring them into the garden, you know, somehow or yeah. another. That's so, when you're really getting can, into it, right? <laughs> I do. I do can say I can see the bonsai relation there. Uh, how it could be very useful in the garden. There. Yeah, right down to like when you're bending and pruning, you're trying to get uh, on a bonsai. You're trying to create all the uh, the levels to not shade each other, so that everything's getting nice light. So you can keep the bottom of the tree because you want to keep that tree to look beautiful for a long time in those forms right so and, and again it you have to accept change so bonsai is like a painting that's never over so it's you gotta you know so but the what i'm getting at is you make these foliage pods uh that are like you know they're they gotta be in these right spots and the, and that's so we create that in our weed plants is by pruning up that to just be oh yeah that one's you know blocking this one so we'll rip that out and, and so you know uh some of the bonsai maple trees are just incredible. They look like, like to me, like, um, you know, they're just the form of the, the lacy branches and that. They're just beautiful, right? And then I get my weed plant to kind of look like that. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm doing bonsai, but big, like, you know, because they're always, been, you know, they're, they're big, but they teach you all the same. So that was my point. And then, then bringing it on the indoor scale, well, a lot of... Uh, a lot of the small pot techniques come in then when you have to deal with the, the root con root confinement, right? <clears throat> Sometimes pruning the roots really helps and it's odd, but it does. And like trying to keep mothers in, in smallish pots once in a while, it just kind of got to get in there. And if you're cleaning up the top, like so is above is below or whatever those old sayings go. Like I think some of that comes into play. Whereas if, if you take away, too much top and then she's got this big root you're going to run into problems because she's going to hold a lot of water for a bit and not going to have anywhere to go with it so kind of balance things out either way like whether it's too much top too much bottom and then you can like in bonsai they they shake the soil out right like they that's how you can keep it in 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 a, a beautiful like small ish little container you take and replace the soil so 
I'm not saying you need to replace the soil on herb, but if you're keeping mothers in a small place and you're forced, you can find like these tents or whatever, or closets or whatever is keeping you that shape. It, it is beneficial to, to do some root pruning once in a while and, and give it, uh, you know, shake it all out, give it some new stuff, watch it rage after you do that. Well, whoa, <laughs> that's what I've found out. It's nice that you, you know, you do talk about a little bit of root pruning because we've been talking about it. It's been talked about a little bit as of late, seems like, uh, cutting the roots. I've seen the cutting of roots and non, non-cannabis related content, you know, when I'm watching them transplant, take a knife and like score the roots, maybe four yeah. scores around the pots to, you know, kind of break I know things up, Keep, break up the spiral there a little bit. You know, another thing is as far as like going with the bonsai, the so so above, so below mentality, you know, I find when I transplant and I'm topping, I like to top at that same point for the same reason. So above, so below. If I'm going to, you know, widen it out and push it out, I find when I'm doing that topping, I find that there's a lot of root development at that same point it so pushes when it i down. transplant and i want to yeah i want to push them out when i transplant there so i find that's the best time to do my topping is when i transplant that i do day. too i i just thought about that the other day and i thought this i said i'm steering the growth is what i've said to, to different people because i i'll do like super cropping too right and i'm like i'm steering the growth because i'm pushing it all down i'm telling it hey start going back on yourself and get like in bonsai, they call it back, back branching or uh, backwood or when it throws new, like when you encourage see in bonsai, you'll take like a, a tree that's uh, you'll want to come back onto the main stem every few years and, and the, take the branches right back to the first like nodes on them. So they have to regrow and that way you encourage it to look like it's got a big trunk on a small tree. And again, that's like how we treat our mothers and all that, right? The, by, uh, uh, doing those, uh, you know, cutting them back and letting them grow and cutting them back. And you can do it a few times. You, you have different opinions on it, how long you can keep your mother, all that stuff, right? And that's where I think if you root prune it once in the middle there, and try because you're trying not to pot it up, right? Like a lot of times you're like, oh, shit, I kind of like you in this pot. I don't want to have to pot you up again. So I'm going to try this root pruning thing. I read it in bonsai and it works. It, you, you'll get a few more months out of that thing or whatever, right? You, you can, you can keep in the same parameters. I like to call it canopy management. Uh, when, when you're working that one area and you can't get a bigger area, but you have to get these plants through this amount of time in this area. So I'll like uh, the, the, when the leaves come together, like they start to, Oh, popped off. And then the next set they're Oh, they're almost there. Now you're going to move out into the final room or whatever. Right. Where so I'm managing its shape and its form and it, uh, because, you know, you get to know them, you know, where they're going to expand to. So you, you, you have to keep it maintained in the one and then you pop, you spread them out into their final knowing that they're just going to get to there again when they're finished or whatever right and that's sort of like i say that that all depends on your numbers on what and your time frames of like it's like an equation right you put in i can put in this many and at this stage and they got to be in this grid pattern under this size of thing or and they need this much time or whatever right and and i think that's like another form of of the of the 
the same, like you say, if you pop it and it pushes them down. Well, if you transplant it and give it a couple of days and flower it so that they're just root balled up right at the point of peak of flower, it seems to work really well for me too because it's, then it's drinking at a nice rate and all that. Easier to, to maintain. Uh, like dry back uh, while we're talking about steering the plants. I just heard people talk about that. Same, they use the same term. I've been using the steering term for a long time because I've called them like, I'm not a car guy, but I've called them like, they're like a hot rod, right? You can drive these things. You're steering them. You're making them do this or that. So I've used that analogy where like, and the, the systems are kind of like us playing with adult Lego or, or like, like a, you know, like, you know, a, um, like cars, like car guys. This Again, you're trying to work it so that it's all running smooth and, it's going to run efficient and all these things, right? So the, the plants literally steering the growth in which direction you want it to go, whether you want it to veg, whether you, whether you want it to flower. And I love, like, I've seen a couple of videos and, and read it years ago, though, about the, and, and know it from experience, is this whole dry back thing where you can, you, you um, if you want it to, to bud better, you dry it back better right you want it to veg more you keep it wet more and it, it encourages uh, uh like and that's really a natural thing too when you look at nature because in the spring it's wet you know it rained a ton so it or and it, all the snow just melted so the ground is wet and it, then it slowly goes to dry back and that dry back slowly encourages the plant as well as the photo shift but because it's not out, outdoors where we learn it's not like oh all of a sudden I'm 12 12 it's, so it's not just that stress factor that's a stress right to the plant that's oh fuck get it together you're 12 12 so that's like a, it's the other stress factors of dry back too and all these things in nature that push them to, to flower so I think that when we're mimicking it in a, in, a, in a room or whatever your dry back times change when you're you're and your amount of uh, water when you when you're flowering compared to when you're vegging that's that's huge on getting the best uh consistent results uh is, is for a small timer looking at it like you know that when you want it, that same kind of smoke time in and time out and i think i can't that, help but wonder if what you're describing is what happened here in michigan this year yeah <clears throat> uh, we found that uh Almost everybody that had outdoor this year here in Michigan, uh, even though again, like you stay, like you're talking about, we the photo cycle, you know, time of year was correct. We had long days, but we found ourselves uh, flowering early this year, super early, in my opinion. I mean, but a lot of people dry? finished out good. Yeah, oh, that's, that's what good. I'm saying. Yeah, You know, that I think that was the trigger that, you know, because nobody could figure it out why everybody started flowering so early. But let's hear well, we you sure talk didn't. about the stress factor. <laughs> I could figure that makes perfect sense, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I, I just see that because, well, here, it's that was the other way around, right? Um, we had, the, like, the California fire thing, that affected us all the way up here. Yeah, our fucking sky was dark and and then it, it because of this i woke up the one morning and i was going what the hell it did uh, i thought uh, i thought one of my kids fucking burnt the stove or something right like something on uh, like it was like are you using 
what are you using? Are you lighting paper in the in the, in the toaster? I really thought that. You know, it's kind of like waking up to that moment. Like, what are you doing? And uh, uh, but then I no smelt some more, and the whole world smells like a burnt piece of paper, right? So I'm like, oh man. Then this lingered for a couple of weeks, and when that was there, like you know how bad it was for all those guys down south. Well, we didn't get ash fallout, but what it did was because we're in a wet kind of environment uh, and we got fog at that time like come sometimes it's nicknamed foggest instead of august you know because it gets foggy at that time we're right on the ocean so the fog rolled in with that smoke and it, it stuck to the smoke it was like the fog would last all day instead of just for the morning or whatever and that and that's right when buds normally start to set up in mid-august sort of end of august where we had this fog set up right then so that it kind of like yeah, it was wasn't it wasn't an easy year for I'm I'm sure lots of people complained about things, but then I it burned off, and I I told people you know I don't think it was enough to um, throw us off completely. Like uh, you know you can't blame it all on that fog, but it sure was a, a real thing. <laughs> you, well, it makes sense if, you know, the sun can't come through, it's not going to burn off and dry up the soil like you're talking about. Everything's nope. going to stay damp. And then so, it, oh, so what I, what I've uh, heard, so I get a lot of this info that, that from, it's, if you look on, it's the Rockwell guys will teach me uh, from, and I'm a soil guy, I'm an organic soil guy, but I'll still learn from them because I'm thinking they're so into these, these, um, uh, all this information and scanning the plants, like they'll have all those sensors rigged up to a computer, right? And they'll think they literally are are weighing those slabs as they go through the night and, and they uh, graph it, right? And they're seeing where their optimum growths are on which cycles. And it's all about the uh, steering through drybacks and uh, and and creating that. Like you can take what I, what I mean is, so if you want to. You're, say you're steering vegetative growth with 18 hours or 20 out of light or whatever. Well, you can also make it stocky by keeping it like doing a little dry back in it or opposite. You can keep your, like instead of your flowers, um, this is more the true one. Uh, the, when your flowers are developing, instead of having them like start to finish and make the resins and do that, you can keep them wet longer, more wet like uh, periods. And you'll keep it developing like in a, in a budding, but like a veg budding state where it's still like bouncing more and more whites. You know what I mean? Like getting longer spears and you can extend your, your time in the room, like from like, like say a 10 to 12 weeks, just by your irrigation cycle is kind of what I'm thinking, especially in like something as, as, um, as, uh, like rock wool is so like, um, accurate or whatever but like in the even in the peats and in the cocos the same theories apply definitely definitely and then that's what I, and even outdoor definitely but it's harder and that's where i always think the raised bed is good like or not even a raised like i don't like the the side the bed like thing i kind of like them like a more natural a rock bed or whatever where they have a, or even just a raised mound i call them volcanoes and just mound it up and uh, and and I find that that's the way to go, but um, then it, it has good drainage and all that shit. But it's still those same concepts of wet and dry back push the plant in the way you want it to go. This is one more way. It's like without fertilizer or whatever, just by manipulating the water. 
I know right now I there's think fucking a lot of people that I know watch and hang around the community and actually the community as a whole, you know. I've, we've we've talked with organics lately. There's so much seems like so much a new su- new subject every week and like the last couple of weeks it seems like in the soil moisture, the importance of, you know, soil moisture you know keeping it dry or wet it's uh, been a hot topic and it's been a, a confusing topic i think to a lot myself and a lot of people which is the better way to keep it but i i'm loving your your take on you know the no. wet and dry which stage you want to kind of coach it to Yeah, and now keep it really simple on that idea, though, too. And and, uh, so wet and dry, that also, without even adding anything, that raises and lowers your salt, right? If you dry it out and the concentration is the salt, whether it's organically made salt through manure or whatever, or it's like, uh, you know, synthetics, it, it rises up when it dries out. So you can spike it by just drying it. And then you've wet it, and you know you've got a higher feed. So if it, you can also fuck things up, but once you get used to it, you know, but fuck it up by like, oh my god, I shocked it a bit there. <laughs> but if you if you're in a happy medium and you're in the soil, right in the ground, it it will never really shock it from that. You're just most people overwater, like I think personally. That's that's what I would say is uh, is eight out of ten people, even the people that are really good at growing, a lot of them overwater. Because they just think that, like, you know, and this goes back to, uh, I kind of like my philosophies on the, on, on, on um, synthetic fertilizer sales and whatnot in general is, is that it's it's pushed on fear, of like fear of not getting enough, and it, it started on fear, <laughs> uh, like of the war, you know, and then they did, were afraid that they were going to have a job after they were done making bombs for a bit between war two and korea or something like that or whatever you know what i mean and then someone went wow look at that shit grow behind the office bob do you see that where we fucking poured off that crap and then uh, you know that that like oh so now we're gonna make create the farmers afraid that they're not going to keep up with their neighbors yield so you all got to put this crap on your stuff so it's it's all fear driven and now in the pot industry it's still fear driven like even more of the so right that you're not going to get the yield that you deserve as a as a small grower because you didn't give it fucking um uh, let's not use any names but uh you know blue juice orange and and purple or whatever the the, the three colors are that you're choosing to use but yeah i get it right? that's what my take is it's all spear based so you're going to but I understand you've got to got to keep them healthy. <laughs> Some people are, pushing you know, them. I love your ass, but your take on that as well. And I, I kind of, it's funny you bring that up because I, I was beating that drum just about a week or so ago. You know, when we were talking about organics, I, you know, I don't think a lot of people do realize that that's where the whole, you know, artificial nutrients really kind of spike push did come from was war times you know i don't oh, yeah. you know I, as far Chase as the, the fear part about it i don't i've never really kind of contributed that aspect to it but you're right that i'm sure that was kind of implemented to get hey. sales going but moreover it was 
uh, surplus of bomb supplies they had to figure out what the fuck to do with. And they were just like you said, we can grow shit with this. We can sell it to these guys. You know, <laughs> you, you're right. You're right. Well, that's what, uh, what I think too. Like when it makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, um, and now, so the, uh, um, there's a really good site on some uh, uh, information on like they did some testing and I don't know if you can completely believe it. Cause I'm kind of on the point where I'm like, I'd rather not like personally try to use synthetics at all if I can avoid it. And I, I say, if I can avoid it, cause I know that I'm not going to say uh, never to anything cause you never know. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a big thing to say. Never know. Like that's huge. Like there not too many people can keep that. So we try our hardest to do these things in the way that we feel are, are good to our hearts. And that's going to bring you to the best thing. And you're going to start to realize that I just want to do it this way. And you're not going to even go back once you start making all this shifts. So um, it, uh, there's a really good site, though, called Mandela Seeds. I don't know if you know them. I have nothing to do with them. But I got a long time ago, years ago, got good information from them. Uh, because what they were saying is like, look at the food and the, basically the fertilizer companies telling you to give it on average, it was like when I was looking at the stuff, it's at least like five to seven times too much feed to get really good or at the end of the growth. Maximum so you minimum, could, isn't it? Yeah. They call that? Yeah. Well, they, it's all, and they went through all the big companies and they show you like, actually these feeds are pretty good, but you have to give them at, like at 5% or, or no, it was like really at at most 15 and 20% of what the bottle is saying. And so uh, that made a lot of sense to me right away. I was like, well, does it really need all that much fucking salt at all anyway? So at the same time I was hearing about, I, well, like, like I'd already been off the salt bottle, but I'd still get scared into using it once in a while because I was like, oh, maybe if I give it a supplemental feeding. And now I call that my Frankenstein technique. And I've had to, I've been there out of fear again <laughs> where I'm like, oh, I got, get, we got to make sure that this one, I don't have the means to do it a different way. I'll do it this way, like, or one, or give it a couple shots. Like, had, uh, you know, so anyways, there's Frank, um, shit, I'm losing it again. <laughs> uh, my, my train of thought. Um, where, what were we just saying? We're talking about. We're talking about artificial nutrients and you're yeah. talking about, uh, you know, de- supplementing here and there in your Frankenstein basically method. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I I got away from that too. Eventually realizing if the, if this this uh, reputable site here is uh, is like um, uh, which I thought it was like I write a lot of plant shit, right? And I'm reading this stuff, and it's all making good sense. I'm like, yeah, this is good. And they're saying it's all basically fifteen to twenty percent is all you ever need. I started wondering, well, what if super soil kind of ideas like what I'd never called super soil before. What if our just our amendments? Because there's lots of local recipes. What if that was just enough? And I just started letting go of it. And then uh, I still use Epsom salt a bit. And then I heard of this KNF thing a few years back and the sea salt thing. And I live across from the ocean, just right near it. So I started fucking going down and jumping, putting thirty to one salt water and spraying them with that and going and, and feeding with that. Because that's apparently got every micronutrient in there, uh, all whatever, 84 or whatever. It's in seawater, right, at a trace uh, mineral level. So that, I thought, and my neighbors would look at me like I'm crazy. I'm walking down the road with a bucket of water. and uh, like, <laughs> So uh, 
I start, what, you're giving that to your plants? Like, yeah, my garden, my plants, whatever. All the extra, all the, the fruit trees, whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, you'd give it miracle Grow, don't you? Like, I know you do, uh, you know, it's just you, Bob. You know, I know you do, Bob. I saw you giving it the blue juice. But you'd not think, and you think nothing of that, right? But, uh, so why would you be scared of the ocean water? <laughs> So I'm all, I'm a real proponent for the, the that part of KNF, not all of it, but the easy easy stuff. I'm all about. So I'll, and, and yes, this brings me to the, the uh, one of the best things I've heard lately on this weed talk stuff. Is I don't know if you listen to the woman uh, Tara Lee, and she's got a YouTube yeah. thing too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, maybe a yes and no. I don't. Uh, anyway, she had yesterday a guy called uh, Ray Yoon who was the translator of the Jadam book. And, and so I don't, I didn't normally listen to too much either, but I, I stopped in and, and, and thought, and I told her this is excellent. Like it was, it was a really good show that she put on because that guy knew his shit. And he was basically all about grow from your heart and do it simple and what's easy and letting make mother nature kind of know awake. And that's the, that's the like a natural farming technique. And I thought, well, that's kind of what I tell all my friends is try to keep it as close to nature as you can. It's, it's just easier that way because you have less to, to fuck up and less to, you can't take it back. You know, you can put it on there. It's hard to take it back <laughs> once you start feeding it right. too much or whatever. And that's like everything. Well, in, in cocoa, I can flush it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know. You can, you can flush it out. But it's going, it's going somewhere though, isn't it? Right. To waste yeah. at that point, just kind of. Oh yeah, it. oh yeah, I know. Then, like if I if that's me, then I'm like, oh, give it to the bonsais or something like that, right? Our our uh, our or my trees, but like I I'm trying to have it. Like I like that uh, um, uh, probiotic uh, kind of um, ideas too, where like the beneficial runoff. I kind of really love that idea, where especially with um, uh, living close to the ocean on a, on an island on the ocean everything ends up in there man but it's getting worse and worse like the, the fucking plastic on the beach and shit that's just oh my god it's it's, it's getting worse so when I, when knowing that and thinking that and wanting to do it for the long haul and it, it's the same around michigan too because you're on the peninsula the lakes are everywhere right you know what i mean that runoff is ending up in those lakes which ends up in the ocean so we're all connected is what that goes to say is basically and so each small change, and I'm not telling anyone, oh, you got to be, or like, I don't even go with organic. I like, I like the term natural because it's like, yeah, there's some, there's some stuff that are, you might uh, use in a, in a natural way. Like it's just easier on, on, uh, but uh, on your, on yourself and on your surroundings and, and it can, it's possible indoors too. I don't know what you what you uh, grow with, and I like I say I don't I'm not opposed to anyone growing with any way. I think we're all trying to to do our same thing as is like as grow this plant and get happy with it and get yourself some some weed and get stoned and whatever, right? And um, I'm all for it. Well, you'd probably be happy to hear that uh, I the organics has cracked the door over here. Uh, thanks to uh, Smiley's Gardens and a few other oh, yeah. people. I've, you know, I've tried soil at one point, and it was like in my earlier, early, earliest growth. I heard you say that when I, I was listening. Yeah, and it was just too heavy. But then I had to switch for one reason, and 
I've gotten to where I was used to cocoa. I actually tried to go back to the super soil ish, you know, when I was when I got here and back on the ground level. But then I took on a couple more patients and kind of got ahead of the cook, if you will. Oh yeah, and uh, then you need to know how you're doing, my, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Once I get caught up in the mid cook like that and everything's locked up, I'm like, oh no. Nah. <laughs> so I actually, I was just, I got in panic mode. And I went right back to what I knew, and I was like, I well, at that behind, at that point, I was behind too. You know, I didn't have time to cook. And I had I had to keep things going, so I went right back to cocoa. And I've never been able to think that I could keep up with the rotation. But man, Smiley uh, brought over these earth boxes. I heard you talking about you know the wicking method. I, I love over the a couple boxing, of earth boxes, yeah. and they're kicking. The, to be honest with you, they, uh, they're over. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I yeah, yeah, camera. Yeah, thank you. But uh, oh, I see them. Yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, I see, it. I see the corner of it. Uh, they're doing there's, nice. There's a couple of them in there. I can't. Oh, that one's blocked off. Oh yeah, look at but that. They're doing a lot, lot better than uh, the Cocoa Girls. But you know, uh, it's it's a method. You know, I didn't think it it, it would be able to keep <laughs> up with the Cocoa as far as the rotation and everything. And this, it's basically. I think a you will be surprised. Oh, I yeah, was. I you're gonna be it, it kept up and it kept right up. So you know, the organics thing around here may continue. You know that coots mix that uh, you know earthworm castings and some some amendments. You know where it doesn't oh, have to have thing. that coke time would be you yes. know perfect for me. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so far I'm digging it. Mine lately has been very much almost what you just said, except for like I, I because I work with what I've got. You know what's available in the in the area, uh, even if it's if it's from the store. What's available at my stores without having to go too far. So it's a, it's a predominantly peat, and I throw a bunch little cocoa just to give it a little bit of that cocoa fluff. And uh, so say it's seventy thirty. So um, peat, per, and it's perlite in the peat blend that I use. And then I'll put a bit of cocoa. Then I'll have ten um, percent ish, maybe no more than fifteen ever of uh, earthworm casting and then i just go with uh um rock uh phosphate like a soft rock phosphate rock dust and kelp and um uh, alfalfa lately and that's and that's been it and the, oh then the gypsum and um oysters oyster shell powder again because we're near the, the beach here there's a company that does local kind of thing or kind of close to local so it's that oyster shell powder and is like a and the reason I went to cocoa, I would have tried cocoa grows before, and I got scared back to my thing, <laughs> the opposite way that you said, because the cow mag thing threw me off. I'm like, why are these things all acting like that? I don't want to have to be hooked up. Well, what's this cow mag stuff all about? Like, I just, I so with the uh, the way I do it with uh, gypsum and um, and the the earthworm casting and the uh, what's it called the the uh, oyster shell. That that gets the that takes care of Calmag, and then if anything, I'll give it a boost uh, once or twice throughout the whole life with uh, a little bit of Epsom salt, just because I think a lot of things appreciate a little extra magnesium, a little bit of sulfur in there, whatever it, it does. A, a, and then I heard that. See, a lot of times, this is what I'll tell people too. I just grown for a long time, 
So I grew from my heart. I always went with what felt right. Like, okay, have this, make this whole, do this right. And then I'd later find out that, oh, this person, this book saying that that's perfect. Oh, cool. That's why it's perfect. And then, so science would later come to me and tell me, yeah, you were doing the right thing. So <laughs> there we go. So then it was like they were teaming up, right? We're listening to myself and then, and then and, and experience is the greatest teacher of all, right? It's, it, it just goes to, if you can learn how to uh, learn your lessons uh, well, right? Like you gotta, you gotta remember your lessons. You know what? It's like, don't make the same mistake twice kind of thing. Well, I'm not good at that. So, Hey, if I just, if I just go and disappear, it means my battery died. <laughs> Shit. I gotta, I want to get plugged in and I'm wondering if I can use the Bluetooth to on a speaker to talk instead of this thing in my ear. You think so? Oh, uh, probably. Yeah. Okay. Sure okay. Well can. then hang tight for a second. I'm just going to do some swapping out. I got to get it. Yeah, right on. Because I got wild as fuck for a while. (laughs) What's up, guys? K-Bag, your boy, Roy Boy, Stony Creek, Smiley's Gardens. Resurrection Prophet, how you guys doing? Mountain Skies, I do still have some cameras. Hooked up in the tents, but they're not all active at the moment. What a great uh, episode tonight, huh, guys? Good one for show. What's up, Tal? How are you doing tonight? K-Bag. Dozer. Did you change it? No more Dozer Moon. It's just Dozer now. What's up, Stu Moon? Good night. Have a good day, brother. Kiwi Alfalfa. I actually just used a fucking uh, RV filter for my water magma seeds. Works pretty good. High flow. I don't have to wait for it. Gets most of the shit out. Nice. Thanks to your boy. Your boy, Roy Boy. Well, it's been a good one from the beginning. So go back and catch that beginning. What's up, 420? 420, 420. <laughs> yeah, man. But it's Japanese. Not good. Nice place infused oil. Oh, man. Hopefully it wasn't like, uh, oh, that sucks. Oh, that sucks. I'm ready to make some oils. 
make some butter, some edibles or something. I got a boatload of hash I'll be making next week. I can hear you. Okay, I can hear you. That's great. I got it plugged in. I got the charger on. Perfect. Didn't take that much effort, but it was a fun little like, laugh there because, of course, my extension cords are, uh, you know, across the house and the kids and that. So, oh, there's one right here, but it's through this hole in the wall with all, <laughs> every little bit of a uh, problem. You could give me a you know what I mean? So, so what were we? What were, were we? <laughs> it was fun. I was on a roll. Um, yeah, whatever. I think we were talking about like we went through the Frankenstein and then my evolution of myself, like of getting away from Frankenstein, but then not being opposed to it. And you understand why I call it Frankenstein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you left off when you were talking about the garden and adding like. Uh oyster cells and stuff like that to uh yeah that's like, instead of cow mag right that's yeah. that's what they yeah. naturally will pick up on it then you like and i think that the, basically i know a worm guy and like he told me it's the it's the slime on the outside of the worm that gives it all the calcium it, it, it'll ever need and so if you've got a living soil with tons of worms in it that slime is going to feed it all this and if you look at the slime up close and the trails of slime through the earth in my bed, my my spot, my volcano, as I call it, um, it is full of worms, right? And the, the worms eat this kind of, like, almost like a slug slime type of residue. And that's what they say has got a, a high calcium rate. And I don't know. I got no science behind it. But I'll tell you, I can see it. I can see something happening. Where it's more than just the casting, too. It's the, the act of that little worm corrosion doing its thing. And opening up tunnels and all that. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot going on. A lot more than I will ever claim to understand. But you don't need to understand it. That's the thing. You put everything in order. That's why I think it, you can get too hung up on on all these different, even if it's the good, like the fermentations and stuff are great, right? But you can also steer in the wrong by getting too worked up on it, you know, everything and, and like overthinking can steer you wrong is, is what I that's why I, I'll always say that keep it very very simple is you're gonna pile up problems as much as you as, as like um, as you wouldn't like to but I've done it <laughs> over overfed this locked out that now we got pH and is it is it deficient or is it uh, uh, like uh, toxic I don't know <laughs> it could be both <laughs> you know those kind of Kind of situation, so that was. I didn't know any better. The K F, you know, when it comes now, to that stuff, that sounds great. Like, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh no, no, I was. I did. You weren't. I wasn't. You weren't interrupting at all. But K and F sounds. I was listening. Uh, the, for me, the K and F sounds like a great way to go, but. It, like you said, it can be confusing there to uh, so many inputs and whatnot. Uh, and it, from what I've 
read and what I gathered on the K&F, it has to be pretty uh, symbiotic, you know what I mean? It has to be sugars and, you know, alcohols, you know, they have to kind of balance back and forth. It isn't just, yeah. you know. And now, so I, I don't know if you see that in nature. Now, I, I, as much as, like, uh, you, I, know it's, I know it's a great method. I know there's some real great intention and stuff there, too. But I don't know if there's an, uh, all that sugar is that is that good either, like using up that sugar. Well, how was the sugar? How did you get the sugar, for one thing? So now you're using all that. And so instead, I say, well, what I took out of KNF was I tried the fermented plant juice, and it worked good. Like, I got a nice fermented plant juice on a couple things. And my favorite, uh, I only did a couple things. It was the, the one with the, um, what are they called? Uh, there's yarrow grows in my yard and there's a comfrey and there's a stinging nettle uh, in all in the little ways but so we did i did one of those with cube sugar and it made a nice sauce and i thought okay that, that that was neat and then i did one out of the weed leaves itself and i thought that was really neat so i'm like okay i'm taking the leaves and i'm giving it back but instead why not just leave the leaves in the in on the top of the soil at the end of the year and just let it rot down by the worms eating it like nature would because there's no, there's no bag of sugar getting broken down. See, this is just my ideas. Like I say, I, I, so I, I like that one. But I thought, yeah, that's a lot of sugar every time and stuff. Like they go out and the, the uh, but the one, the two I really liked was, okay, um, uh, the, the calcium with the, with the eggshell. So I started playing with that, frying up my eggshells. I don't know if you've watched those videos and all that. Uh, there's a few guys out there showing. So I did that, right? I made some eggshell stuff. Then I started bending it on my own. I thought, well, we'll live near the beach. What about uh, oyster shells, all the sea crustaceans? And there was, I, I didn't, I didn't, I looked and couldn't see anything on it. I just did it in my, my again, lift, soaked it in the vinegar. It did all the bubbling, all the stuff. So I figured it worked too. So I did that one, and then I, I found uh, one day walking my dog. I found a bunch of, uh, of bones from you know where hunters uh, cleaned out a deer, um, and they left all the, the scrap. So I, I thought, well, I'll take some of those. I'll make some K and F. You know how they make it, the, the other one is the phosphorus. Well, I'm pretty sure that that really is a good working thing too. And that along with the with the ocean water because I live so close now, the bone thing that was just because it was there, right? And I found it. So, hmm, might as well try that K and F thing that I heard about the bone. So it, it presented itself to me. So that's how I grow it. Like I don't try to sweat on on like oh, it's got to be this one uh, specific recipe every time. Well, no, I you know I recognize that sometimes I can get a. You know, I can sway from it as long as there's there's um, like a, a, a reason to you know change it up a little bit or if it's within parameter that works that we kind of kind of get a feel for it like the texture of the dirt or whatever. But the K and F things, a few of them, I have to say, I really I really think are great. Like the, the ocean water. If I lived on the Great Lakes, so I think I've now used uh, I get myself some ocean sea salt salt. You know, like for cooking. And I throw that in once in a while, and I buy that in the plants with just a, and you'd be surprised what you, uh, you might um, see the next morning and be like, hey, they, I guess they like that, that addition yesterday. Like those types of easy additions. 
because again, we're we're not afraid to put the synthetic uh, stuff the guy at the hydro shop tells us, oh yeah, this is a good one. We push that bottle on you, and then you read the bottle, and you're listening to the hydro guy now. You're listening to the label, and and but it's salt. It's saltier than the than the thirty to one you're going to spray on it. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, worried about that sea salt at all. I'd try that one. It makes perfect sense to me, to, you know, the the sea salt water, you know, why wouldn't you try it if it's a, you know, so it's such a natural method like that, you know, I think it's just we've been taught in schools what? for so long that you ain't going to grow nothing in sea salt water. Well, what? they never added the caveat of reducing it. <laughs> And then it, it just go to any estuary, right? Anywhere the rivers meet the, the sea here, like there's where they the uh, the, the tide goes up into the river. Plus, and even on the beach, there's there's plants that live like in under salt for a half of the day, and then the tide goes out and they're still rocking. They what are they? They're salty as all hell. They like the salt, right? Uh, so, but like not saying that that's going to be the thing. But thirty to one, how could that be? Uh, how could that at all be wrong? Like that's what I so I went into that one wholeheartedly, thinking, well, I've given my plant Miracle Grow before, you know, 25 years ago when I didn't know any better when it's what I had and what I thought I needed to do. When I but I this goes right back around now, okay? Because what I didn't realize is when I first started to grow, I'd stick them out in the woods in the leaf mold, like I was just talking about, not unknowing that that was a great thing to do, but I always thought that you were supposed to show up and give it some um, some fertilizer every two weeks, and that's all that we do. We just show up and give it some miracle grow every two weeks, right? Because that was easy to pack in, and we didn't pack it like all else did, because uh, um, it was the, we just brought the minimals, and then that soil, I didn't know it, it was excellent. Right? It was just so, but I was poisoning it with that miracle growth. But I, it didn't matter. I didn't know. And, but later on, thought about it and was like, well, it was actually just the location of the soil. But the, the, I, that's what I thought you were supposed to do because you'd read this old book and I said that, you know, you want to make sure you topped up the fucking minerals on it. So I did that a few times. And then it evolved, like I said, like the Frankenstein evolution. But it goes right around to a, a, what was working in the beginning was the natural part of the Frankenstein, not, not the not the salt part. And recognizing that now, and just like helping that, encouraging my indoor and, and outdoor, whatever. It's uh, it's it, it, there's I think there's little changes whether you're in the Midwest. <clears throat> or you're on the coast out here that you can make that um, uh, will like just uh, make your impact lesser or whatever. All of us, right? And I, I don't know. I don't want to preach that side of things too much because uh, I'm also like all about you do it. You want to do, but also know that it affects other people. Like so I'm, so, so I still stand on that shit. Let's all try to make the right choices as a group here so we don't... Um, make things worse, you know, that's a, that's a law, but yes, yeah, I don't know, what else, I, I had a list here, I think we're going through off of it, but I, I, keep, I keep going, the more you talk about eagle, I mean it, you know, I'll have another bowl, 
what uh, so you, have, uh, you haven't necessarily let us in on uh, like your some of your you know training methodology you know kind of sounds like you just light them up and stake them up but uh do you prefer to tap them do you like to you know, oh. a little stress trainer or, i mean let us in on your garden skills a little bit okay that uh, i like that uh, yeah i thought about that okay so what i like to do is uh because I, i'm a dirt boy i call it dirt soil i want to call it a better word but it's not it, it's not really it's still organic it's still hydroponic whatever way you want to look at it because it's it's with it's um peat moss and perlite and cocoa are inert medias that are like uh you know they're the kind of like the bottom like the the uh uh, what is they used to call it? They're active and like the wicking system of hydro, right? They're they just keep a, a wet. They're just the thing to keep us wet. Now, now the the nutrients come from that the super soil, or for lack of a better term, part the new like the uh, the earthworm casting. If you have real worms, all these things that can live. So, because I'm growing in that kind of a final medium, I like to start my clones. Usually just in peat pellets, you know, the little expandable guys. And that's because it's yeah. easy and it's available everywhere. And they're either going into a peat base or right into a, a beer cup of, of the, the, uh, of the blend that they're going to eventually go in. But because of space limitations, I find that you can, you know, keep a one tray or whatever of, of a clone smaller in the, in the pellets. For a few more days so you keep that and then again then from that plug like that say let take 12 days to 14 days to, to make some roots out the side of that so then i put that to uh, i guess i think you guys call them solo cups i call them beer cups all the time but you know the so the red cup or the white little beer cup like the party cup size thing so yeah, you put them in your beer cup and then um it's and they stay in there for another 12 days. So then you've got your where you're like at three weeks, right? The thing is a rooted, nice little clone at three weeks. It's fucking solid. And take that. And now it depends on your, on your, um, what, what I was talking about, the graph before, on your timing, how fast you want these things to flower. So now you're talking about plants that are what, six, eight inches tall, just in a, under the T5 after three weeks. So I haven't done anything to them then. And now this is the point in life, though, that I decide. I'm going to talk to you and transplant you right at the same time to make you go boom down into what we talked about. Like, you know, I remember you saying the steering uh, skateboard just fell out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I steer the, the, the growth uh, uh, by top. If, if I'm going to top them, they're, say, eight, nine inches high now with a transplant point after three and a half weeks-ish kind of point where they're going to go into either a one-gallon or straight into a three, kind of like the one gallon thing, it, uh, because just I'll get to why. So I top it, I transplant it. If you go into more stages of, of, of size of the pot and you do it right, the root ball will spin out the side or whatever and bind up that pot right before it's bound and put it into the next. So that you get this bigger root ball instead of dropping the little phone and rushing out to the side. You see what I mean? Like, it's like if you put a a beer cup into a three or a five. But there's no roots until they're right at the edge of the pot. They just rush out there and they spin around. And so I, I 
found that I like to just uh, uh, stage them up small, uh, slowly to build the root ball as much as because that's going to be what's going to take on the on the feed in the last pot that you're putting full your flowering kind of style, uh, you know, size and nutrients. If you you know back in the day it was back guano or whatever. Now it's like shit rock phosphate. <laughs> Hopefully that does it sort of thing. But uh, uh, but uh, then uh, that's where the earthworms are getting key. But because um, they're giving it something different, right? But so you go through that, and at that point, I've got it. So I topped it. I put it in there. And if I'm going to do a quick grid, where it's going to be like, well, I will talk about a four foot by four foot area to make four four by eight plywood, right? So you use four by four for each light to say. So for each four by four area, um, if you're going to do like uh, 16 of them, a four by four grid, I'd say you, you um, let them veg for just a, maybe a, maybe another uh, week. But if you were going to do 25 in a, a smaller pot, then don't even veg them at all. Just, just bang them out, right? Just like push them tight together. But it all depends on the strain. If it's going to get too tall or if it's going to stay like, you know, what or too short even, like not enough. So you want to do a little veg, right? But so that all depends. And once you know your strain, then it's that easy. You just go through that little bit. And if they need the second topping, it's right after that. That's what we said before. It's right before, like at least, I don't like to top right before flowering. I think that does fuck them a little bit. I think about maybe three or four days at least after to let them just get adjusted again. It's probably wise. I don't like to just do it away, but that, that's me. And uh, that's, that's kind of it. And then um, make teas. Uh, if you, like, if you're going to get into those foods that you're going to buy the bottles, I like to buy the, the, uh, the, the ones that are probably just really heavy in molasses. So, like, I'm wondering something. What like, is this just expensive molasses? So I use molasses. And I love the, uh, from the Jadam uh, school of thought and... Uh, touched on it yesterday I said I watched that show I was very impressed by the he uh, uh, he was the uh, the potato, potato uh, it's called JMS uh, Jadam Microbe Solution um, they always have the you know the better or whatever uh, but it's it's a good one at, at this potato salt and you get them you got leaf mold everywhere in Michigan you get the leaf and it bubbles itself up and it makes a, a microbe thing so, so I, I'm uh, I'm going to really uh, hard to go right now because it's a, kind of a fungal uh, uh, bit to, uh, to tease I think and it should it should push them in a, in a good way whether I think whether they're budding or vegging or you'll feed the microbes. I think that's, that's uh, something to look into. Anyone, like it's a potato and, and people are getting results. So I would, uh, I would think that um, it would be a, a real wise way to go. And also, um, just go easy on things. I think uh, if you, if you
Did I lose him or did he lose me? You guys there? I see my chat still moving. Did I lose Bart? Ah, what's up? Hi, everybody. How you guys doing? I think I might have to unlock the meeting here so he can get back in. There we go. I don't know what happened there, guys. Right, Smiley? Hopefully he comes back. I don't know if it was his phone or what. And he hit it all plugged in. Be a good time to throw in some eye drops very quick, though, man. I'm so digging at him. Okay, so it ain't me, it was him. Time for the my drops, man. <laughs> Guys are dry as shit. I knew the time was coming. Yeah, I don't know what was up, man. He uh he had a good signal there for a minute. Hopefully it'll pop back on. At least say goodbye. It happens, it happens. He's probably like, oh no. Oh no. That's right. Anything else would be uncivilized. You know, it's funny because I thought it was going to be me. It's funny that the hack started again yesterday. And uh, they started acting a little little crazy before the show. And I had to, I had to actually tell Mark, I was like, oh, this hasn't, I haven't had to go through this spiel in a while, but uh, if I happen to disappear, this is uh, your show for a minute anyway. There you go. I love the 173. That's funny. One love, y'all. It's been real. <clears throat> Thank you, Strong Style Organics, for popping in. Give it another few minutes to kind of see if Mark pops back in. And uh, if not, then if he doesn't, then we'll just go ahead and uh, go ahead and uh, kill this episode and come back and fire up the rabbit hole. Finish out the evening and, um, you know, do the shout outs. Something tells me he's going to pop back on, though. Should probably check my messages just in case, but uh, it was uh, was nice indeed to uh, have you uh, pop in there, Strong Style Organics, and say hello. For sure, for sure. Shit, I'm gonna do a dab while I'm waiting. Guys, I got something to dab on. It's 313 where G13 and ah, that's a good one. Good one, uh, uh, Ace Boogie. It's a good one. 313 is a Detroit number. Used to actually be uh, almost a whole statewide area code. Cheers, everybody. Hopefully, you got a little something to dab on. 
<laughs> still, <laughs> still dabbing on some of uh, Tommy Tricombe's uh, two scoops. Pretty good stuff. Cheers, Tommy. Thanks again. I'm so behind. That's awesome, though. What's up? Nice. Nice, nice, nice. And them dabs always make my nose itch for some reason. Anybody got a reason for that? Well, I think Mr. Mark probably called it. He didn't put in a good three hour, three and a half hours before the phone went out. Uh, he's probably scrambling, trying to get it going. I'd hate to check out then. then uh, there he is. What's up, Tommy? I was just talking about you, brother. Just fucking talking about you. Hope your ears were ringing. Hopefully, we'll give him, let's see, it's 16 now. Give him two more minutes, see if he pops back on. If not, we'll shut her down and uh, fire up the rabbit hole. Oh, that's right, Dozer. It's the wormhole now. Damn, I can't believe I fucked that up. Guess right, it'd be the wormhole. The wormhole. Eagle Gardens 1 on IG. Or fucking talking shit with Eagle. Both of them apply. Thank you for asking, Smiley. <coughs> Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram. Fucking talk shit with the Eagle on Instagram. Or you can also reach me at EagleGardens1 at gmail.com. Any of the above can get you here. One more minute, Mr. Mark. Mr. Mark Leafy Hill. You have one minute, my friend. Ah, ah, ah. One minute and counting to check back in, my friend. <laughs> oh, shit. The wormhole. That's right. Well, if Mr. Mark Leafy Hill uh, doesn't check back, it was a great episode nonetheless. I have to get with him off the show and tell him that he has rights to come back into the wormholes whenever he sees fit. And try to get that sound bite from him. That'd be nice. Looks like I got a big brown spot right there. What the shit? Shadows. Ah, 318. Womp, womp. Well, Mr. Mark, if you're listening to this, them Zoom numbers are the same. Please join us in a wormhole. Tonight's wormhole, if you'd like, or any other night. But I guess that does kind of do it for this episode. We we could hang out until the 20 and dab out. That does it for this episode, you guys. uh, Please... Do something nice for somebody. You guys know that. Random acts of kindness do save lives. Hopefully you'll uh, follow through into the wormhole side of things. And uh, come down where everybody else can jump in. 
But if not, I understand. Shoot. Three plus hours, almost four of somebody's time. Oof, that's a lot to ask for anybody every night, much less ask for more. So I'm grateful for what I get. That's for sure. Very, very grateful for what I get. So hopefully you guys will tune into the wormhole. But if not, then check me out tonight. Where the guest will be, Matthew Gates will be here tonight. From you see him on Growing with My Fellow Home Growers, amongst other things. He has been on uh, Future Cannabis Project this week, amongst many other shows. And he'll be here tonight hanging out with us. So if you have some IPM questions, you have some buggy questions. Come hang out with me and Matthew tonight, 11.30. Be another good show. And then Saturday, Saturday, I have uh, Brett Bogg will be here, the King of Kush. If you guys don't know who he is, you should. Oh, Mark's back. Mark's back. Oh. Hey, what do you know? There he is. Yeah, sorry. I don't know what happened, but uh, my printer upstairs ripped off the internet. <laughs> uh, you know how it just hijacked the signal. It's like, oh, damn. I don't know. It's one of those things that happens. I knew right away, what's this? Oh, yeah, look at that, it did. It happens, it happens. It's turned off. Sorry about that. But, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, it's been a a fun time. uh, It went flying by. I'm like, wow. It's uh, three in the morning is your time, midnight our time, but I'm I'm okay for a little bit more. I was trying, I was getting to a good point there. (laughs) And then it all went wrong. But uh, there was something about that we were getting us to worm. Uh, yeah, just about keeping things simple. It's my my main uh, uh, message I could give anyone. Let <coughs> me be on, on any of this. Just try to try to take things one step at a time. down and taking that kind of posture like this, he's not liking life too much. He doesn't want to want to open up. And then you're you're doing the right thing. Sometimes uh, although like this year, here we go, I can get on it. (laughs) This year I thought I know a friend who's a big, big plant. They were salt grown, right? They were beautiful. Like looking, they'd show me
blue on there, right? Uh, and uh, I guess I got we slipped around or something. I said from before, I was like, why is this different? But now I get it, it doesn't matter. Um, or does that matter? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, no, it does But anyway, yeah, these, these real blue plants, they, um, they all mold come the end of the season. And the plants that were more uh, a medium green, kind of healthier looking, um, average normal, normal green, um, they, they didn't, they, they had very little problems. They were the, uh, the worm fed plants. The, the soil fed plants, right? Because they don't mold as much. I'll, I'll give that every time I've seen that less problem, just uh, time and time again on, on anything like just gone like less is more. That that whole theory it, it seems to be uh, um, pretty much where uh, the more I do, the less I want to do, too. Like, that's why I'm like that. When I heard Breeder Steve's, they had to go chicken shit in line. I was like, dude, that's it. Like the best weed is the stuff that you did the least for. <laughs> to tell you the truth, if you pulled off chronic weed and you hardly did anything, you're off with you. Do you think that that's got something to do with a lot of times when you uh, newer growers grow one? That first crop, they do very well. Then, like, the second and third are, like, some little bit of fumbles. Then they kind of get back on track around, you know, number four. Do you think that's the reason right there is the first time they're, they're scared to do anything? Second and yep. third, they get a little cocky and start, you know, messing with the system. And then four, they're like, oh, I got to go back to one. <laughs> I think so. I think I call it, uh, and a few people I've heard call it, I think they, beginner's luck. The first time, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but it's, it's because you kept into this, like, you probably, because, and this comes up, I talked about this today, too, someone else, they, uh, the people, when they're first getting into this thing, they, they get one set of advice or whatever, and then someone else throws at them, yeah, but look what I did with this feed. Oh, you really should try it. So they, they want to rush out and try that. And then, uh, oh, but you should use this size pot. And I, like, I've been a sucker to this kind of crap before, too. That's why I wonder about, like, yeah, I'm probably right. So then, uh, you know, you start doing the, all these different things and you're, you're stacking every different technique up on top of each other. Uh, it, it, like, that's why I see a lot. And then you fuck it up. And the other thing that goes hand in hand with that is swapping strain of the week. Like, like it's just, oh, that one's not good. Boom. And they didn't even really get to know the thing because they didn't really uh, grow it through to the point of like a couple, like I, I knew an older guy, he told me uh, before, it takes about a year really at least to get to know one because uh, you've got to try to grow it in this kind of bucket under this technique and this, you know, this alteration. What, how is she in? You know, in Rockwell, how is she in soil? How is she in all these different ways? Like, not, I just grew it my one way, but that's what his philosophy was. Is that it takes a while, and it can, it can take a while just to figure out. Well, it actually does really good in a smaller pail uh, compared to the big one because it, it gets like gets uh, bolting or something like that, and it, it works better than you you know you think sometimes. The small pail could be the the way to go opposed to it but you don't know that because you never did that so you know a lot of people just move on to the next one 
when actually the one they were really looking for, they already had, they, they just didn't learn how to grow it. Um, so I think it does take some time. It, it, it's like, especially the, the autos, that's a whole different game, right? You don't keep mothers, you're rushing through, you're like coping in your, if you're breeding your own autos, like I like to do, then you, you've got to, you really, really need to put away the best plant every time just to seed the best one. So the favorite one that you're like, oh, I smell on her. Oh, she's freaking awesome. Learn to accept that she's going to be fully seeded <laughs> and then fully seed that one. And then only work as always every time, just take that one that's always pressing that smell that you really like. After three, four, five generations, you'll start to get lost in like that way. That's where I'm just finally getting to in a, in a couple of my little projects I slowly worked on. I'm like, oh God, that's just good. But yeah, it's taken a while. Sounds like you've learned a lot throughout your path through your cannabis uh, journey there. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, man. it's you. I'll touch on one more joint <laughs> and uh, one other story here on, on about how uh, something can teach you, how the plant can teach you. So we, everybody's got this book, right? And this is, I would everybody get this book. This one, right? But it's like our, our uh, basically our, our school book to have. Um, and uh, so that one, they talked about breeding, right? But that, when I was younger, I read that, I read that over and over. And it always seems so fucking abstract, right? Um, like, what do you mean these traits? And like, how, like, how are you breeding towards this trait and that trait? Well, it was the autoflower that taught me a lot about breeding. And this just came up in a, in a, in a shaping fire uh, thing. And I thought, huh, that's excellent. That, that's what, it's like, it, you know how the consciousness works for a group? It goes across the box. So I, I, I the guy was speaking Mandalorian uh, genetics on there. That's both the same thing I'm talking about is that. Uh, so uh, when uh, when you're breeding, uh, you uh, start to see, so the first, uh, I'm talking about the traits, they're all abstract. So you can see something, and so purple is a good example, and auto is a good example. So when when auto is auto, you can't you can tell it's under 18 hours light, it's flowering. So now we see that trait very easily, right? So it's a check mark auto. We know that's auto. Purple is purple. So we can see that trait. We can check mark it's purple flower, purple leaf, whatever. So those are easy ones, and that can teach you how to how to kind of toward subtleties of, of harder ones that, that are harder to lock down and I'm no again no scientist but I, I've learned that through that auto uh, auto and purple have taught me a lot of that because those two things even though they're like in my mind auto and purple have both been kind of swaggy <laughs> to tell you the truth because uh, like purple doesn't always mean freaking awesome sometimes it can but not always. Most of the time, it's woody, and uh, and auto is uh, most of the time then hemp. But after you start to do selection with auto, you can drive it to a tasty auto. But then it's uh, you know, and, and like like I was saying, in order to do the outdoor successfully in some bullshit spots of the world, 
you're going to have to accept that or do like that. So uh, the auto will teach you how to breathe. That's, that's something. Like I say, you're going to want to make feed every time so that you never run out of feed if you run in regular auto. And that's going to be easy. Now, four plant auto doesn't make much sense. Uh, <laughs> it's for the size of them. You know what I uh, what I mean. You know, uh, as far as the purple strains go, I, I can't. I'm I'm like not on board with purples. You know, I like you said, I find them to be like mids at best. When I get a purple purple, it doesn't get me high. It looks pretty and it tastes usually pretty decent, but it isn't. You know the the high I'm looking for, it's not the medication I'm looking for. Yeah. And then when I get a green pheno of the purples, that shit gives me anxiety. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just try to, anything purple, I just try to kind of stay, steer clear from if I can, usually, but I don't, you know, uh, yeah, that just makes- for that reason. Yeah, that's uh, that's just what I what I have noted too is that like I say, purple is pretty, but that but then I I, I have this one purple uh, that I like, and it's uh, it's like uh, again I like I, I'd say look up this, these uh, hash sites from uh, the Middle East there they're kind of fun to watch, and a lot of their plants remind me of it, and I, I nicknamed it purple spike. And uh, it's a, an auto cross to the what you just nick what you just described as the anxiety plant <laughs> because it was the green pheno of the purple line, and then it, it was um, the reason I bred with it was because it was the one that was most uh, bug resistant. I was having a bug problem, and this one didn't take the bugs on so bad, and it was just like the pollen was there and all the stuff. It wasn't like the choices weren't. They were just kind of haphazard, but then what came of it was pretty nice. And uh, it reminds me of these old, when you look at these plants on these videos from Afghanistan and Pakistan, it really looks like the, the wild hash plants that they play with up in the mountains there. And and, uh, so, and it makes this really great hash. So I, I always love that. Uh, and do a couple of um, those uh, when I can. It's usually just outside, but uh, that's what I save them for. But they're, you know, they're not everyone's favorite, but they're, they're really, these ones are different. Though. Like I say, they really get me friggin' like some one, the one, you know, put your braid on your ass, right, and knock your braid out. Like you can't, like at two in the afternoon, you're like, why did I smoke that thing this morning? I can't fucking do anything anymore. And so it's not a good plant for me. Like, unless, like, it is for me as right now. I like normally, you know, because I'll have I have a rough back, so sometimes I'll, I'll be like up way too early. So if I smoke some of that, kind of knock me right out. I might get an hour or two more. Uh, so it sounds like you may have like an indica leaner, an indica kind of green purple. Yeah, know. I definitely did. Well, uh, I, I I believe it, it's called, it was called the first. It, it was what it, it was known as for all the time I knew it, and it was just. Came as the perps, and uh, 
intense. It was it's like a like very indica leaning purple for sure. Thick leaves, dark, and like the bright looking bud though. And um, uh, then cross to it uh, to, to make it what I call purple spike. There's a story in a stone. It, it's uh, found um, out of bag seeds. Uh, found two out of twenty seeds that were autoflower, and then after uh, one, like this was this was sometime around two thousand eight or something. Got got these, and went, oh my god, hey, this is like like I told you about how much I love this mighty mite plant. Well, at this point, I I hadn't had the mighty mite for about six years or something. I was bummed. Wow, I can't get my mighty mite plant back. All the people I know that have them, they're not doing it anymore. They're not doing that plant or whatever, right? And so I, I didn't have it. And uh, I wished for mighty mites. But, and then I found this uh, two little auto plants that are 20 seeds. And they they reminded me of mighty mites because they were auto. They were like, but they were tiny. And I thought, well, this is, maybe that's that low rider shit or something. I don't like that. I smoke it once. Not my thing. You can have it. But there was one of the most pretty freaking tasty out of the like, no, it was a, uh, out of the second generation, first generation. I seeded the seed. I really didn't enjoy the weed. I didn't care. Right, they're little plants, little male. Let them go together, and she got fully seeded. So then, the second generation of the choice. I uh, did it again. I found uh, this time out of twenty things, it was like five or seven were off. And then I, I did it again, and by the fourth this time, somewhere I think it was fourth time, they were uh, they were all twenty out of twenty autos uh, after selecting for that. And in that, I realized I had a couple different flavors. I had some fruity, and I had what I called the woody, and I had one rare one that was kind of cushy that would come through once in a while. There's something good in this auto. Just once in a while, I did one plant, and uh, so then I took that and I did that. Uh, Went with that, so I got it to F5. I, well, I was calling it F, but it wasn't really F. So I learned later by what I was telling you before when you can watch these trades, you can see, like, when you make your first cross between, say, you want to make a cross, an auto cross to the red, you, the auto is receptive, so she hides the first time. And then it comes back on F2, but not as much as I thought. So I knew right there, that's when later, after this, I must have received that line at that F2 level where a couple of the phenos came out as the grandparents, like the auto side. So I don't know, like, or even maybe F3 or something like that. But it was obviously like starting to sort itself. So that's when I, uh, I kept going with that. So whatever you want to call it, I rental, like line bred that for five generations. And then I crossed it to that green perps plant. And then that F1 of that, all the plants were, uh, they were, uh, perps wouldn't work outside here as like I'd like it. They would always come late. So the idea was I'll hit the perps with the, with the auto flower and the short, and it did shorten up on the F1. It was recessive, they were clonable and all that, but it shortened, well, but really the trigger was real easy on them, right? You know what I mean? Can I say that? Like the, the flower trigger? So it was like, it um, just decided. 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So the trigger was real quick on the F1, meaning like it didn't, it, it would, you know, it would trigger it uh, in July here, which is awesome. Like fucking awesome because most stuff doesn't trigger in northern Washington or in southern D.C. till, uh, till the third week of August if it's a photo series. And yeah, that's almost across the board. Uh, and that's just too late. You're not going to get anything good. That's why they, it's going to be rainy and all that. Well, these things would trigger in the end of July. So that's, that's a lot better. Um, thing was, it, it, it also held some of the, in the F1, it held some of the, the shit I didn't like about the auto. You know what I mean? Like some of that woody and stuff would come out in these bigger plants. There weren't many, they were bigger, uh, but they were, uh, they had problems. And so then F2, the selections are, are better. They're, uh, like, uh, I actually found some that are fast and uh, um, like medium size but tasty. And then I also found found some runs again. And uh, I'm working with those those two populations because I gotta keep it fast. I know that. But yeah, that's just a hobby, right? You know what I mean? Like I just love them. So I'm like, yeah, they work for me. They work in, in this particular spot for a long time and. I would really say, though, if you're going to try to flower outdoor out in Canada or in general, unless you're in southern Ontario, down by, you know, Windsor area, um, then you're going to have to uh, do like that. The only way. Like, and then you can you probably pull two runs a year, even if you're real, real in regard, like, into it. And I, like last year, I didn't do the light deck. And I probably, um, I probably, probably should have. Because uh, it was like the years, the two years before that, I, my, my buds were so much nicer in my opinion. Because they, they went through that boom, 12 12. <laughs> and it ends in being done in the, in the height of summer when the sun was above uh, the plants and not behind the. So when you say a fast regular, how fast? When you say fast, how how quick of a flower? When you you know put a put a number on a fast for me on a fast flowering strain. Yeah. Oh, I'd say like I think everyone cuts down too early on the most part, but I think that uh, like a six to eight week is what everyone would love to, to see. But I think in reality, those strains are usually eight to ten weeks. Is what I uh, and then, um, but I, I've heard of stuff of, uh, of people cutting at five weeks and stuff years ago. I was like, what? Uh, but you know, that's so. Um, I think fast is, is, is the forty-two day, the six week. Thing. That's too fast for me. I don't think you get very much that's all that good out of that. Again, I don't even think eight weeks is enough. I want to see things go all the way to, to ten weeks long. But then I like the ones that are really done that and then that's the one that's eight to ten. So I think eight I'd say eight is fast. Fifty five, fifty six, eight kind of thing. Nice. That was gonna be my next question was was do you prefer the sativa or the indica to go with the extra the distance there? Some of them indicas, if you let them uh, ripen up in amber, man, they almost have 
some sativa effects to them. They're not as oh, yeah. couch lock anymore. Yeah, I, I agree. You got to, I think that, that that's all like uh, also uh, mixed up now. That uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem to matter as much. Like sometimes the couch lock will come off skinny leaf for me or whatever, right? I'm like, well, this isn't supposed to do that to me, but it does. <laughs> or vice versa with uh, the indica that got me up racing. But um, it, most of the time it does stay normal. But I do find that I think like the, the hybrids now, they're so, it's like, I think that we're in the, like polyhybrid state like so much. That's where we'll go back in our conversation a couple hours ago. You got to uh, remember that the... <clears throat> That's why back crossing from that one's your, your favorite, in my opinion, is an important thing because it's already a polyhybrid, no doubt. So now I'm trying to like destabilize that thing, you know, it's a, <laughs> you're not gonna even make it more of a of a mute in a way, but and stabilize it with the mail and all that sort of thing. Then you can, after doing that shooting thing, I think you can keep gold line breeding again. I, I I'm just guessing, man. Right? So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think breeding will be the last thing I in my cannabis journey I I get to. <laughs> I've got enough on my plate right now. Man, and, and that's what I was kind of when we were talking about Nietzsche's there. You know, I at one point I I seen myself in different points, different places in my cannabis journey, but as of right now, I think I told my daughter, I said, you know, I think I'm kind of comfortable in the Nietzsche I'm at it right now. I think I may have found my little carving in the cannabis industry doing what oh, I'm doing think, right now. I think you found a good one. I just like really enjoy those certain plants, so I just bred them because it was like I wanted those seeds that go silent one, right? So it, it's not like that. I expect that to ever be my niche. I think I think I'm finding my own too in this whole thing, and uh, and I'm not going to say much right now. I'll, you'll be sure I'll be sure to tell you when it starts. You know what I mean? That's that's what I think. Um, I've got some ideas, but I don't want to uh, like jinx them, say or whatever. Like again, using that word. You know, I I'm on the fence on that uh, kind of mentality sometimes. Like, uh, am I gonna jinx myself by putting it out there? But then again, I'm a, I'm a person that kind of believes in like manif- manifestation as well. And sometimes I also think, I, you know, you have to put it in the ether. You know what I mean? Yeah. To basically I, I plant that seed. So it can go either way. That's, you know, <laughs> you can jinx yourself or you can plant that seed in the ether. I guess it's maybe mindset. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And that's, uh, that's- even though I just said that, I'll go back on that because I also said to you earlier, I think that coming on your show here was a big push for me to get into that that spot where I want to make some commitments and make some saves and, and not be afraid or whatever. Like That's not that I was afraid, obviously, just talking and talking, right? <laughs> and I know that, but that, uh, so, but, but to go uh, a push into a direction, so like I was saying, I want to mix up my art with the weed and, and, uh, and take it in that, and that's all I'll say for now. And when it does happen, then I'll really go see it. That's, that's what it has. But that, that's bringing the two together, it seems like uh, 
that may be a, a more real, like we're a, a step in the journey of like oh, I'd love to have that here. They call them a micro cultivation license, right? Or you small time players or thing. I, I'd like to be that size of uh, something someday, but you know, um, that's that's like for long term. And then I thought, well, I got a couple ideas in the short term maintain a, a presence is that for my whole life it's, it's been a presence by me and uh, my medicine and my you know something that's taught me so much like it's like it's, I always go back to it being uh, also teacher and that and then here we'll go full story and maybe where I'll end it after this it's like I got a joint so I'll keep it but, uh, so my friend is that gave me that first uh, uh, vial of oil when I was that, that that hurt little kid that just watched that whole violet episode go down in front of me. My, my buddy gave me that oil. Well, this year, on the same day, he passed uh, with cancer. And, uh, and uh, my, we gave him buds and oil and all that to, uh, to help him in his, in his days going uh, leaving, right? I don't know if I'm saying it in a followable way, but so it went full circle from me getting the medicine to me giving the medicine to the medicine and then, and then saying goodbye to him on the same day that I had to say goodbye to my dad 31 years earlier. And that, you know, it, so it was a full circle thing this year. And that's just two months ago now. Um, so it was uh, that that's like uh, it started there and it ends there with me. Like it'll always be there. And will, when I eventually die, it'll end there. Be medicine as well. I know that it's been there with me. And even if my usage changes, it'll always be my medicine. Like even if I don't use it as much or at all, it'll always be that medicine. That relationship will come full circle um, and come honestly. And then the. Yeah, you know, just the need to, to have it is worth it from, you know, smoking it as a kid, like I said, skater kid, then you, you're smoking medicinally, then you need it, you've got to have your own supply to get enough that it brings you right to you. Um, the, the love of that is, uh, it, in that it kind of evolves inside you and helps you become who you are. So I, I, I absolutely love this plan and try to, like you said, look at other things to get inspiration for it, tree books, all that stuff, not your typical weed books, but the old ones, though, they really, they really helped me out. I love the old ones when the, when the knowledge wasn't so, like, like, oh, like this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to. You don't need to be a rocket no. surgeon. Thank you. Yeah, you you just need uh, some simple techniques, right? Like, think about it. If you needed to be that, would we have ever made it as, as a race, right? Uh, we never would have fed ourselves to this point if you needed to be like um, <laughs> a super scientist or a farmer, like if it, to get your own thing, right? So, we all have to take that back, and then, and doing so, you'll you'll learn how to get like there's you'll learn how to get good herbs. But there's another 
hope that someone told me once is that the best weed is the weed you can grow yourself. Because whether that, like I always think, whether what the weed meaning to put outside under the sun, this is my opinion. I love my indoor. But when it's the best weed, it's the stuff that grew in your spot. So you tried four strings, one of them worked. We'll work with that one next year. You know? Because that was the one that worked for years in your spot and you involved that one. That's going to be the best weed you'll, you'll get for your location. Sort of like it, it, it creates itself, it morphs itself towards what you needed to do at one point. Very true, very true. Whether that it's Like you said, it's hard when they leave the nest, though. And you do have that one and you do accidentally have that cloning accident or like you said that one that you've cut you know you had for a long time and you let her go it's like oh uh, so tough yeah yeah absolutely. but yeah that's uh picking anything else is, oh like i can't really think about it <laughs> we've talked a long time that's great I don't it's know. It's been a um, great conversation, that's for sure. I, I'm, I'm, I'm real hopeful with the state to, to uh, eventually uh, get down to Michigan and check it out firsthand. So, we have a lot of amazing festivals. So hopefully, you can come down and uh, check one of them out there. If anything, maybe come down and check out the Regenerative Conference uh, here yeah, in that's, Michigan. Well, they, yeah, they, they, they did it in Vancouver the one year, and I went. And then the next year it wasn't uh, it wasn't feasible. I don't think uh, technical stuff is because I got the ties to up north. Uh, you might just see that happen, you know. Because I, I still end up up there, and, and it's like uh, I don't know if you. Uh, well, you're only a few hours away, actually, from where I am. I have a, the uh, I have family up there, right? So I'm up there occasionally. Be a be a good time to uh, have some people gather. At that. My family's got a camp there, so be a, I was always thinking that shit. Was, someday, I've, I've said this to a couple other uh, people that live in the area that I've met through this stuff. You know, we never really met because we're talking on this on this thing. So uh, maybe somebody that's in the area, and I'm in the area. So like, oh, you never know what happens. Yeah, yeah, we're in Michigan. Definitely look me up, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, definitely. Could... Yeah, that's uh, the uh, same with out here. That's what I talk about. But out here, it's a, it's, a, it's a journey. I don't know if you know, uh, if you've ever been out uh, this way. No, I haven't. Well, I've Windsor. It's about the only spot in Canada that I've been been to there. We used to head over a uh, long time ago, too. Long time ago. Back when I was, like, 18 and Canada was the only way to drink was to just jump over there for the night and have a good time and come back. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's so you go to... Uh, from Detroit to Windsor. Yeah. 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 
that's where my family is, that other half of my family, um, down that way. So, I, yeah, I, I've heard about that. Well, same with where I grew up, too, at the other end. The big people would come over to drink. But, yeah. Now. That was, that was 30 you know, long years ago. 30 yeah, long think, years ago, the last time I've been to Canada. Age, yeah. What are you, 48? Yeah, yeah, 48. Well, yeah, I'm gonna be 48 in a few months. So same, uh, same gen. So same neck of the woods in the big scale of things too. Like I right more to you guys, right? And then uh, I came out here, like I said, 90, uh, 98. Been in. Well, I was out here before that. I started traveling back and forth since way long, long ago. I've been out here. Yeah, it was just. Uh, it was before the legalization. This was a really chill place to grow up the plants, and you weren't going to get in trouble. Everyone was doing it anyway. Like I said earlier on the show, it was uh, known for it, like in all of Canada. If you're going to grow plants, you're going to be in BC. So now it's not that big of a deal where you are. At the time, it was, it was, it was huge. You know, uh, Joshua Steenslin popped into the chat tonight, was uh, saying nice things about you when he was rolling oh, that through. Was, that's, that's very nice of him. Uh, I, I uh, managed to talk a little bit with him and uh, a few other people at the conference that uh, I thought was, uh, it was, was really cool that there was, like, you know how you click with a few people. And, and um, yeah, once they did, I thought, yeah, I wish I could uh, get down to the States visit folks and all that and uh, someday yeah that's really great Josh thanks thanks so much um he seems like it was like all oh, just a wealth of knowledge again another person that uh, get asked uh, questions but I, I like again I just kind of I haven't I appreciate all the microphone or microscope stuff those guys are doing I think it's just amazing uh, and I really probably should get that too, just just the knowledge kind of interests me, but I haven't, I just try to set up a simple system that is going to do those things itself. That's what I was trying to get at, the K and F thing, like where I see it as, like a, where I'll just call it, never mind the K or anything else, but just call it natural, fun, where you drop your leaves, if you got scrap in the yard and you burn it, throw the ashes, you know? got leaf clippings you mulch it and, and like you know like whatever it is layer it up and all those things that all just makes a lot of sense and uh, uh, especially for outdoor but then Josh seems when he proved it indoors I watched this stuff and I'm like oh my god look at that but it's the bed thing it's, it's what we were saying it's just a lot of commitment to getting that bed in there but now you know more more guys like him are making me see my my own like well you get over that like thinking the bed is big and out in the way and all that probably just build some that work for yourself or whatever you know because of the benefits the they exceed uh, the, the drawbacks when you look at the thing making its own life you know hence 11 cycle and it's still just raging along that couldn't go hmm yeah maybe pretty smart cookie this guy you know uh, anyone that's going that way there's so many different people that are doing that and different uh, takes on it uh, but uh, I don't think there's any one particular way that, that 
they'll be all wet. Again, my key There's definitely a wealth of knowledge out there right now. It couldn't be a better time for uh, anybody to take up, you know, actually growing cannabis, man. That's what <laughs> I say all the time that, <clears throat> oh, man, these guys that have started out in the last, you know, four or five years are taking the ball and just running with that shit, man. They, you know, and we started a long time ago growing and, yeah. you know, the, the info kid. wasn't out there like it is now. It was much trial and error. But these guys, man, there's just, it's out there and they just sucking it right up and running running with a lot of this methodology and it's it's amazing to see where some of these uh newer growers are going to take things that's for sure oh, I and it's too. not just it's not just like uh like you know salts and whatnot you know just taking it in for flood and drain and you know killing it that way it's more over you know they're being more responsible about it and they're like they're wanting to tweak the organic side of things which is kind of you know in my opinion you we i never thought i would see like a large scale sustainable fucking uh organic grow but oh, yeah uh, Look, now guys are doing it's coming job. I, I see that too. I, I watch some of this stuff and I go, wow, look at that huge room full of beds. You know, <laughs> now I wonder about some of the beds. Like, I kind of think that the, um, that all that PVC pipe and all that uh, plastic mesh is not all that good. And, and maybe they should just be building them out of wood, but that's just me. And, and like having to like make a system where maybe the corners are metal and you're replacing boards every few years, you're pulling them up, sliding down some new ones or something like that, like as they rot. But because that's that's again like a lot of shit you're buying, like going through that's ending up in the in the indirectly in the ocean, uh, like it's, it's going to end up in that uh, in that um, plastic island out in the middle of Pacific, you know. So. It's all going there. And like I say, I'll go down to the beach and I collect stuff right from my garden. And I see plastic. But the other day, I couldn't believe it. Like, holy shit, it's everywhere. I can't take a step without seeing another piece of it. So it, it does get to, like, the level of where it affects us, right? you know, not somewhere else. So I think that we all got to take these little steps. That's where that indoor bed, head cycle, I was like, yeah. I think that is... Uh, <laughs> I know outdoors, I use the big bed idea, right? And, and it always, well, I only have one with five. The other three are just like one plant per bed, kind of. I get one big each one. And uh, they just look so good. Um, so it, why wouldn't it work inside? And I've seen it years ago. Like I said, I used to build them years and years ago, but uh, it's a different idea. I was dosing them with the with the uh, the Frankenstein technique bed this many years ago when I'm thinking of those beds that I I'm talking about. But to do it like right in the same idea, even wooden ones, you don't have to go buy a special one, right? You can, you can build them out of pallets is what I would tell people. <laughs> and really yeah. that's not that new either, right? There's a actually got it in my scrapbook. book. Um, Oh, here, wait a second. Uh, yeah, this one. I don't agree with all this guy's stuff, but some of it 
he had it way long ago. The bed growing organic uh, soma style. This book. He showed that he was growing in bed. This is I looked at it earlier. It's 2005. But that's old enough now. Um, but that that was his thing with the beds, and I thought that he was pressing that on. This is the first grow book that I ever saw in my life in the 80s. It's a Canadian classic. Grow your own stone. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I have not. I like the cover oh, though. This is awesome. Such great artwork inside. Everything is all handwritten. Crazy. All old school hippie stuff. I saw this. Oh, it's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. It blew my mind. This was when I was 15. I, I saw this and I always kept it in the back of my head. But I found this at a, at a secondhand shop about 10 years ago and I had to buy a copy of it, right? Even the back of the book is awesome. It's a 70s Canadian plot journal. And then oh, I picked this one up a while ago. This is an awesome find. This is Ed and Mel's first book together. Yeah, it's really, really bad advice in here, too. I'm like, oh, God, guys. <laughs> but it's great to have in my library, right? And uh, But then here, these are, this is a, you'll get a kick out of these people. Because this is a, a collection that some old guy gave me years ago. So the secret to the ganja growers of India. This is 1970 or something like that. With a marijuana multiplier. I don't know if this is a classic. Dr. Atomic. That the oil and ash book of like, their comic book that the pop book I don't I can't remember that one what it's all about that but this, this one is funny marijuana consumers and dealers guys <laughs> so yeah this is a shout out to the sun grown mid he's I've been telling him I got some of the same books as you so yeah check these ones out everybody um, I doubt he's watching this long do it but yeah you never know. Uh, yeah, check this one. Uh, growing guide to growing uh, cannabis under fluorescence. This is one of my, you know, the first fluorescent indoor roads. That's fucking <laughs> funny. Look at it. And, cat uh, in there. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, uh, this one, the super uh, mother's cooking with grass. This one, I love the super cover of that one. This is all from the 60s stuff. And this, uh, the Super Grass Growers Guide. This one is a fun book, too. Love that one. It is cool. Yeah, these are things I collected over the years. And from this book here, too. These were great. This one taught me time. You must. It is sent to me a technique. Oh, that was a good one. And then uh, the magazine, the best of this one. This is an old classic too. I really like this. Or think about covers old eighties book. Oh, that's great. But yeah, I, I collect this shit, and uh, I, I love it. Like they, the the books are really fun to have to kind of keep it. It's always fun to go through the an old knowledge, though. So, again, you never know where you might find that old gem that uh, still applies, and nobody's oh, there's you know beating down that road. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them in there, especially in the, um, the old soil building sections of uh, some of those books. Are just like, huh, 
so this is where uh, Buddy's going to be getting all his stuff. He just went back to here, back to the 80s, and took it out of this book and wrote it up. And thought, wow, that's all? There's a good book, couple recipes and a few of those, yeah. All it is, it's, it's nothing new. That's that's my point too of that. Is you don't have to be an expert, and there's nothing new here. There's, it does, it, it's a dinosaur. Understood. It's gonna, it's gonna respond. Stuff changes or slow. And uh, I, I guess um, you know, just better call it a night. And, uh, uh, right I on. Really well, you know, I didn't cut you off, so I'm sorry. I was just going to say, I really enjoyed tonight, man. It's been a great conversation. I'd like to tell you, you know, keep this Zoom number, this invitation, because that Zoom number is always good. It's the same, uh, it's always the same number. So any night where, like, Monday nights are rabbit hole, oh, I forgot, I changed the name. It's no longer rabbit hole. It's the wormhole, the wormhole. now. <laughs> The like wormhole, the organic, the organic stepped in and took over the the rabbit hole, and made it a wormhole. So, yeah, that, the wormhole yeah. nows are Mondays nights are definitely a wormhole, and wormholes fall in like if I don't have a ga- guest or a guest cancels, that makes that night a wormhole, or if a guest falls short, that time, you know, that extra time in between, yeah. those are wormholes yeah. as well. So anytime that uh, you see a wormhole in the title, that applies to you being able to come out and hang out. So anytime you you know see an episode where it says wormhole, come hang out, man. Smoke, you know, talk, grow, just hang out, man. It, uh, it's an open open invitation when it comes to the wormhole. So hopefully you take me up on that. I, I I probably will because you know what it was uh, real uh, real easy to, to hang out and talk because like you know wasn't uh, we didn't have I didn't feel like we had any spot where nah, we were looking at that it was just chilling smoking so yeah looking forward to it you know that that's great and uh, yeah you're I've like I said I, I I've been impressed damn this guy's going off <laughs> and then I was like are you serious you asked me on your show so again thank you. <laughs> I because uh, uh, I see it what it is. It's a lot of work you put in this to do this. I appreciate it, and and I'm, you know, I, I really feel honored. And, uh, leave it at that. So uh, yeah, good night, Evil, and cheers, man. I'm honored to have you. Before you go, there's one yeah. last thing I'd like to get you. I know it's kind of corny, but you know, oh, I do this thing that. Uh, <laughs> yep the the sound bite. Yeah, I gotta get the sound oh, yeah. bite, brother. Hey, it's Mark Leefield, man. I'm, I'm ready. Talk to you. <laughs> yeah. That's I'm hilarious. Ready. I'm sorry. I, I love that. But it's okay. Will you tell me when? It's Mark Leefield. I'm fucking talking shit with Eagle. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Hell yeah. Thank you, my friend. Seriously, it's been a great night. Everybody's enjoyed this, you know. I know you haven't been able to see chat, but when you go back and watch this, they've got they've had nothing but great things to say. Usually, there's at least one thumbs down on an episode, but not tonight. Not tonight. Wow! Everybody enjoyed no, this I, episode. Yeah, I, I felt really encouraged when I I just I'm not a name dropper, but I was like, oh, thank you, bro. When Kevin Jodry liked my, I put a thing up on IG and it was, you know, said, yeah, 
uh, I'm going to be on the show. And, and he said, you're going to do great. And I was like, when I read that story, I thought, fuck, man, he just kind of felt, made me feel blessed about this whole thing, man. Because, <laughs> you know, he's a high-end mind in this whole thing, in my opinion, of like the, the selections and readings. I love hearing all those things. So it was, it was like, like I said, I, I saw his show and I think I gave you a message. Fuck yeah, it was, that was a you great did. show I just watched. And, and that's the whole thing started at one point. So thank you very, very much. And, and man, have a great rest of your day and, and all that. And uh, yeah, I, I will pick you up. I hope so, man. You. I'm looking forward to it. Pleasure to meet you, my friend. Pleasure yeah, you know, I'll I'll get down to, to Michigan. I, I will because that's that's like my kind of my home turf. Like it's just just right there, right? Right on. Well, I'm looking forward to that. I I'm right in midway, right up around the grailing area. You almost called yeah. it out when you fucking. I thought that area too. I was like, what the fuck are those areas called? There's Gaylord, there's Drayling, there's, uh, uh, where's my mom pull over for that big mall somewhere? <laughs> you know, the one. <laughs> I'm surprised um, you didn't see my eyes light up when you said it. I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> pretty psychic there, brother. <laughs> okay, man. Take care. <laughs> All right, That's you have great. a great night, man. Yeah, thank you. Well, I know you guys. I'm closing it. You guys, yeah. I know you enjoyed this episode. I had a whole lot of fun. Thank you guys for tuning in. You guys know the deal. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. I'm a living, breathing example of that. I'm gonna use the bathroom real quick. Come back and do the shout outs and get out. Oh, so you guys have an amazing day. Ah, we're both up. You guys have a good night. <laughs>